May the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, May the Life Force Be With You, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. This episode of May the Life Force Be With You is brought to you by Moment Company and The Moment Pebble. The Moment Pebble is a beautiful, natural stone, light-guided breathing device and is a unique gift for someone who needs that gentle reminder to stop and take a break, to take moments throughout their busy day and to practice mindfulness. Just head over to momentcompany.co, that's momentcompany.co and enter the code LIFEFORCE at checkout to receive an exclusive 10% podcast discount. Hi. Hi. Uh, we were just saying we haven't we haven't spoken in a little while because you have been in Egypt and um, although we've been recording some podcasts with with guests we actually haven't really spoken since the start of the year this is quite strange isn't it and I was I was just sharing um, with Karila that uh, we're recording this my morning in Australia and you're nighttime in the UK and I'm I'm coming in with very different energy because it's usually the other way around so it just makes me realize that your life force really does fluctuate in those uh daytime nighttime hours it really does hey it really mm. has a different current in the, yeah. the morning or the evening for sure yeah, it's like midnight here. So yeah. I'm like, Ooh, it's my life. My life, was, my life was is in my bed. <laughs> and it's even later. It's like 2 a.m. for me in Egypt because I'm still on Egypt oh time. So, yeah. so tell me, how was Egypt and how is the integration back into what one might call the real world, although I don't know if where you've been has actually been more real. Discuss. Where I've been <laughs> has definitely been more real. Um, integration from land work is always the hardest. Like, I knew it was going to be hard, but it's hard. It, you feel so discombobulated and disconnected, and it's hard to... It feels like you go back into contraction, is what I would say. And it's particularly So for the lay person, start with what does integration mean for you and what does contraction mean? (laughs) So integration, you know, like my guides are so (laughs) pro-integration. Like integration, the root meaning of the word integration is wholeness. it's when the medicine or the journey or the healing drops into the body and becomes part of you. And, you know, my guides had, had the saying last year, they were like, if you don't integrate, you inflate. So either it goes down or it goes up. And um, inflating tends not to be a very good thing it tends to mean that you just get a very over energized ego um 
and so integration yeah is the process of letting whatever change you've just called in and worked with really kind of land, really isn't it a yeah. land arrive uh, for me integration feels like grounding it mm. feels like being um present and really kind of aware or a heightened awareness of how you feel based on the experience that you've just had and it it can be you know you can have micro moments of integration i think as well it doesn't always have to be kind of big gestures sometimes just after um like a breathwork session or even a nice yummy yoga class or even just a really nice meditation you kind of open your eyes and everything feels a little bit different and even if it's just those micro moments of oh I feel a bit different than I did a minute ago is a form of integration because you're just letting that softness that experience that whatever it was that you brought into your body just kind of you just feel it you just just letting yourself feel for a little little while so I sorry I just wanted to kind of reflect on how it might feel on a more kind of momenty day-to-day basis for for someone that's like well I'm not going to go off and do land work in Egypt how does integration what does it mean for me but for me I think it is just you know whenever you do something feel something experience something it's just taking that little space and opportunity just to kind of feel present and and be aware in your body how you're feeling or, or or how it might have changed your perspective or choices that you might make moving forward. And it's aligned to that event or experience that you had. I think I think you're absolutely right. It's the yogi moment of Shavasana. Mm. Yeah, how the yogis That's say that Shavasana is the most important part of any yoga class because it allows the class to arrive in the body that's what integration is and you know um i think in modern times we don't really know how to integrate you know we're kind of busy moving on to the next thing yeah um and so because we don't really know how to just be with a change or to just be with a shift it it can be quite hard especially when you then have done massive amount of change and shift that's why yeah. integration is hard after land work because it the level of change in you is so disorientating when you're integrating and are you are i know what the answer will be because you are karila but are you are you <laughs> Would you like to share a little bit with us all about what kind of change or shift you feel that you've had and the and what you think might unfold for you? What what is change from a life force energy and a awareness perspective feel like for you after what, what you've done in Egypt and the time you've spent in Egypt? You know, There was so much, like (laughs) 16 days, I feel like, and every day was amazing and every day was magic. And I just, there were so many profound things that happened. And I think two of the, so, so 
I'm trying to think which direction to go in. Mm. Um, there, there was, I guess Sinai is the place to talk about because that's what the journey was all about. And, you know, the whole journey was a pilgrimage to Sinai and Sinai itself is a pilgrimage. Like I had climbed it in my 20s and for some reason blanked out how hard it is to actually climb <laughs> Sinai. But like it's twice the size of Snowdonia. Wow, <laughs> like, that's a significant yeah. mountain. It's a big mountain. How long did it take? So it took about, it took all night because we were going up there for sunrise. So it oh, took all night, basically. And it's not an easy, you have altitude stuff, you have breathlessness. It's not, an, it's a proper mountain to climb. And, you know, in Egypt, we were really given passage. It was beautiful from the minute it started like everywhere we went we were given passage and welcomed and supported by people in a way that I have never experienced before like it was just so beautiful the way that the the interactions we were having with every driver every guide it was just amazing um and the guidance about Sinai and this climb was that the walk itself was part of the work we were doing and part of the ceremony we were doing and that we had to do the walk in this state of essentially mindfulness, like connecting to the prayer and the land and um, the golden threads and truth and peace you know essentially this was a peace mission um and so we're given this like very specific guidance of participation and presence and connecting in and Sinai what was amazing is like or my experience was that when I was following the guidance and being really present and really mindful the reality was so beautiful like even though I was climbing up this mountain in the middle of the night like I was in this state of like complete rapture because firstly the Sinai desert is in the amber zone so we were actually alone on the mountain other than camels and bedouins and our group, which last time I climbed it, there was like hundreds of people doing this pilgrimage. And, you know, we were climbing and doing this ceremony for the war that was on the other side of the desert. Mm. Like, And so there was just this incredible experience of being alone with a sacred mountain under the stars in like rapture with the like essence and the meaning and the magic of this mountain and then what would happen is you would lose your focus or you lose your mindfulness you lose your presence and 
we'd go into the like extreme distortion of the opposite of like the struggle and the mm. the challenge and everybody in their own way faced you know this journey was all about clearing mm-hmm. distortion from truth so everybody had their own personal pilgrimage with their distortion of what truth mm-hmm. is and what god is essentially and like that happened all the way up the mountain and this mountain is like you get to like what is the top and then it's not the top because there's 750 steps which my group are convinced is a lie and it's more (laughs) (laughs) but we made it and we we made it up for in time for sunrise um and at this point I think everybody was so so broken and so moved and so humbled and so of service that like there were lots of tears of benediction yeah and then and then we did this ceremony and we, we all just went into this state of bliss so it was like then we had this experience of being completely undistorted and just in the truth of love and source and self and voice and I think that was one of the biggest things for me because so so there were two things about it that came out of it one and we've talked about it on the show before is the shadow of Pluto and Aquarius is lemmings going off a cliff And what the guides said afterwards about the cyanide climates, they were like, they were talking about how land work is essentially gardening in the collective consciousness. So you weed, you plant seeds, that's what it is, (laughs) gardening Mm -hmm. in consciousness Mm -hmm. and in your own consciousness. And what what they said was that it was, you know, if if you have the potential of lemmings going off a cliff, you have to have the opposite of that, which is people climbing metaphorical or physical mountains in complete service to others. It's like the opposite of lemmings mm-hmm. going off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And so that really spoke to me. And then the other thing that really spoke to me was just this absolute demonstration of every time I had disconnected from my own inner peace, how distorted the world around me became, like suddenly the camels were upset and people were being rude. And and then whenever I was connected to the golden thread, it was the opposite. It was like pure beauty would be happening. Mm -hmm. And it was just how much creative it was like beyond perception and into how much it was beyond perception into affection in terms of how we create our reality from yeah inner frequency Mm. it was so highly demonstrated to me that I don't think that I can ever sit in story in the same way 
Yeah. With that's artists. just exactly what I was going to ask you. Like, there's so many things, like, as always. <laughs> I'm but that distortion and awareness um, and that choice of what you then do in that moment, right? That That's what I heard and that's what I... I've really been trying to practice myself and it's you know the Victor our Victor Frankl quote that I use all the time about that space between stimulus and response is where you have the freedom to choose and in that you know in that choice is where we have growth totally bastardized what Victor said but that's all right <laughs> it's close enough but it's that when you are when you are aware when you are mindful you can see opportunity you can see beauty you see things from that calm that that awareness perspective as well as self self aware in that environment as well when you have those distortion moments and your mindset goes to that chaos you no longer can see those things they're still there Everything is still there, but you are looking for those negative moments. You you see the the pain, you see the struggle, you see, and everything just has that distortion kind of energy going on. And but all of that is around us all the time. But the only thing that changes is how connected we are <laughs> to ourselves at that moment. That that's what I heard. That's what I take from it. And I try to live like that as much as I possibly can these days. It's hard. You don't always get it right. But you know what? Sometimes when you do, it's really good to reward yourself in those moments. And that's where that truly learning to be present is such. A joyful gift because you get to bathe in it you get to bask in those moments even more so because you're like hang on a minute this is a beautiful sunset I am connected to these people that I'm with right now I can see the beauty out there I can see I can be optimistic I can you know want the best I have that collective positive energy running through me um but, but that doesn't happen unless we learn to be present and I agree with you. It's the presence because what I understood as I was walking up the mountain was that when I was present, I was receiving energy from the mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. So like also when I was going into the distortion, I then wasn't getting any energy. Mm-mm. You've cut it off. So You've literally cut it off. Yeah, it was like it was like in in order to get have energy, I needed to be present or be participating in the actual moment not the moment before the actual moment and Mm -hmm. and in that actual moment you know the beauty like so much energy was flooding me and I was suddenly not tired and not we were all sweating because all the Egyptians were like cyanide freezing So I'm going to put that in a second, yeah. We were also sweating when it wasn't freezing <laughs> because we had so many clothes on. But, like, um, it just... Well, do you know what? Do you know it's interesting? Because I have an image that comes to mind when you say that, and maybe it's helpful. It's actually part of a meditation that I do. Um, but it might be helpful for some people who are visual as well. But when I think about being present think about you know you're you're almost like a 
uh, a plug going into a battery charger. And the more you are grounded, the more you're firm and the more you're locked in, right? You are fully in that plug socket. Then that's how you can get recharged. You disconnect from that plug socket and you've cut off your power supply. But the more you can lock into place, be really get that sense of being locked in, then that's how you can recharge. I love that you just said that because <laughs> it's it, you, you totally reminded me of a piece of guidance that came through earlier on on the Nile. So when we were on the whole journey was about preparing to get up Sinai and the group had loads of physical stuff. There was loads of physical things tend to happen when there's a big clearing that's needed. Um, and so we were by the Nile in Aswan and this guidance just came through that made me laugh so much because they were like, the guys were like, none of you have plugged into the Nile. The Nile has been providing life to the desert for hundreds of years you're all saying you're tired have any of you plugged into the Nile they were like you're so busy plugging your phones in (laughs) you're so busy charging your phones and you don't arrive somewhere the first thing you need to do is find the power source when you arrive somewhere Mm. and plug into it yeah and like when they were saying that my head was going this has to be on may the life force be with you (laughs) <laughs> so I'm so happy you gave that visualization. I window for that opportunity. To it's share. also it's exactly the same guidance, you know. Yeah, from the the guide that is Fiona of like plug in, you know. And yeah, yeah I just loved it because I was like, yeah. I mean, we get so tired when we travel, and it's like, where's your power source? Yeah. Well, that's why, like, you know, we, a number of guests that we've spoken to, I mean, everybody brings it up, that connection to nature and your environment is super important. So, you know, when I come to Australia, the first thing I do is get to the beach and get to the sea and get to the ocean because, you know, that's a, a recharge moment that, that makes you very present and, and aware. And I think that connection to where you are really is, really is important. And that, that leads me to come back to a question I had that you just touched on as well, which... Um, you know, even when we talked about the savasana after yoga, I get a sense that there's a a need to have a physical experience to open the portal, if you like, to the spiritual. What's what's your thoughts on that? Because you know, you could obviously have got a helicopter and dropped you off at the top of the Sinai Mountain <laughs> to see the sunset, but there's something about that physical connection to what you're you're doing and experiencing the journey. I feel that if you're just in your head all the time, you don't get the same experience. It needs to be that full body, that whole on, that wholeness back to your integration. It needs to be that full experience in order to really kind of unlock that spiritual connection. I I agree. I feel like, you know, a lot of my group didn't know if they were going to make it up, Sinai. Yeah. As you say, it's not a it's not a small task. It's not just going for a walk along a mountain walk. It's it's a mountain, it, and it's a pilgrimage. And it, this was a true pilgrimage. You know, I think you can do things with less intention, and it just be a mountain walk. But if you if you choose to if you choose to journey with a mountain, then 
that mountain is going to make you climb your own inner mountains. There's something about you also doing it physically. Like, I know that that achievement of not just climbing the mountain, but climbing the mountain in service mm-hmm. to others, not for your own sense of gain or your own set, but in in prayer for peace and in service to others, will be with every single person for the rest of their lives. Like it, it's now mm-hmm. something that is imprinted. That connection within them and who they are like it becomes who you are when you physically achieve it you know um and like the mountain like the lesson that I had about manifestation and whether I was coming through my own golden thread and how much it was more than perception. It was like I witnessed the the reality changing. Like, and I witnessed it in the physical. Do you see what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. otherwise it's conceptual if you're just meditating and having the insights. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's why in a way, like, in the same as what you do, it's like when you take this work into a corporate environment, for example, and you see their change mm-hmm. on the on the the ground level. It, it's not theory anymore. Do you see mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. My guides say knowledge. They say wisdom is knowledge that has been lived. And so, and so, a pilgrimage like. This is about taking knowledge and turning it into wisdom. Yeah. Because yeah. of the journey, not because of mm-hmm. the amazing sunrise. I mean, this, the sunrise on Sinai, though, you know, the light bounces off the desert. Mm. And so it is a, a rainbow sunrise. Like, it looks like the sea and the sky, like... And purple and greens, you're just like, it's the most amazing sunrise you could ever see. I believe it's the most amazing sunrise in the world. Wow. I'm sure it is. And I'm sure, as I say, that being fully present, being with other people in that same mindset just makes everything more vivid like I say when you come out of a deep meditation or if you've been in a session like that and you you know I will say to people look how brighter look for the new colors what can you see that you didn't see before because your mind is just expanded you're you're coming from a place of openness and so when you see something like that you know as a collective then that that openness just means I think that things are more vivid they're brighter they have more meaning you see more depth you see more color I do believe that I agree you you see through different different eyes yeah yeah you know for me it was like understanding that you can only really see through truth or distortion right and the truth of the world is the world is so beautiful 
and there is so much kindness and there is so much love and there is and 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 peace is peace is given mm-hmm. and then the distortion is feeling like you are not part of that right and when you perceive through the distortion there's lack that's interesting because there's the not not being connected that distortion as I say I come back to the beginning it's to the environment around you the people around you there is you don't have a connection to community but I come back to that point you don't have connection to self because that's where it all starts and so there's just layers of disconnect that are going on throughout those stages and when you see someone that can be you know good old word funk when you're just in a funk and you can see someone just not in their own body not in their own self they then detract they become removed from conversations they can removed from their environment and you just kind of keep going down that energy scale that life force energy scale the more distortion that, that that goes on and then you know the reverse happens when people have more that more of that kind of truth and connection and self it's just it is a sliding scale and you know we all move up and down it all day long we yeah. do no one's perfect no one sits in complete truth and alignment um all day long but it's just how how quickly we can catch it how quickly we're aware of it and how we can bring ourselves back up that life force energy truth scale that's that's the magic mm. yeah and it's bit, I, I love that you've said that because i think you've put into words what I was trying to say at the beginning, which is that when you asked what's changed in me, it's the Mm -hmm. awareness that that scale is there. I don't think I was aware that that... I don't think I was aware of how much my own scale was affecting my outer reality. Mm -hmm. And it was so pronounced and shown to me, you can't come back from it. Yeah. Now, now I, and so my integration is like, now I'm sitting with this wisdom that will never not be there. <laughs> uh, but my whole um, system, my whole reality is like, oh, okay, there's like an unraveling that then needs to happen of all, all the things won't allow this new wisdom to be there you know yeah and I think that's where those bigger life-changing moments those those big um spiritual upgrades I like to call them my little my little upgrades when you have those bigger ones it can take longer to really kind of fully appreciate and integrate everything you've learned however you are changed there, there's something that always stays with you. Your level of awareness of self and others and environment and life force energy, actually, vibe, if you want to call it, like your spidey sense, like all of that is just changed. And whether that's just being able to pick up on your own shift or whether, you know, as you have Karila, that kind of wider spidey sense that you pick up with on others and collective. It, that that's 
you know, that's a practice and a skill over time. And that's, you know, why it is a practice, because it's the little and often and over time that really then starts to impact that change of how you how you integrate each of those moments that you that you have and experience. So here's to you working on uh, us all working on our spidey senses. <laughs> yeah. And to us all reclaiming the scale. Yeah. I love that. Well, I know we're going to touch more, I'm sure, on your integration journey from Egypt. But thanks so much for for sharing that with us today. And I think we can all take a little bit away about how to be bring awareness into the moment um, and just uh, take in more of your beauty when we can. Other than the plug-in, which I love. Do you have any other, because presence is your thing. So anybody listening to this um, that is like, how do I do that? How do I become present in the moment? Do you have any other technique? I think um, my other phrase I use is be where your feet are. So sometimes just checking down and wiggling your toes and just literally saying I'm here is a really simple way to, to kind of be present. Um, good old breath, taking a couple of rounds of breath and just being conscious of breathing in and out of your belly can help us reset our nervous system and just take that little bit of a pause and space that Victor talks about, Victor Frankel. Um, and just, yeah, knowing that you have a choice at any given time, how you respond next and to how you feel. And that's the kind of next level of advancement. But be where your feet are is usually my toe wiggling exercise. I love that. Be where your feet are. That's very, very wise words. Thank you. Great. Well, we will wrap up there and speak again soon. May the life force be with you, everyone. May the life force be with you. We hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy. If it has, then please help us spread the life force. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. (laughs) And may the life force be with all of us.